Hello, just a quick bit before this week's episode to let you know that we have a Patreon you can subscribe to if you like what we're doing here and you want more of it. You probably already knew that. We don't stop going on about it. What you didn't know is that you can currently get a little free trial so you know exactly what you'd get as part of your subscription. You can head to patreon.com slash whatismusicpod or follow the link in the show notes to get your first seven days free. All you need to do is pick which tier you'd like a free trial of. The Biggest Mates tier is the one that has all the extras in it. And then for seven days, you are free to listen to any episode we've released in the last six months. You can cancel any time or just leave the subscription rolling if you like what you find. It's charged monthly. And during any month, as part of that Biggest Mates tier, you'll get ad-free episodes of this show every Monday. You'll get a brand new episode of our new Manic Street Preacher show every month. Two episodes every month of The Ultimate Playlist, our themed playlist show, where we talk about all kinds of different music, different artists, different genres, different eras, and one or two bonus episodes every month, depending on the length of the month. That's two episodes every week. There's also other tiers to trial. One that is just the Manic Show and ad-free What Is Music episodes, and another that is just ad-free What Is Music episodes. But hey, if the first seven days are free, why not try a bit of everything? Plus, all tiers include access to the exclusive subscriber-only Discord where we discuss the shows, the bands we've covered, various music topics, and loads of other stuff, including some games that the friendly community have devised themselves. So head on over to our Patreon page now to claim your free seven-day trial. Go to patreon.com slash whatismusicpod or follow the link in our show notes. See you there. But now we're not allowed in each other's houses. <laughs> uh, we're having to do this over Zoom. We've done more podcasts now over Zoom than we have face-to-face. Yeah, we've only done two sessions face-to-face. Six episodes, two sessions, I think. Oh, yeah, we did We did silly long days. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, I think and that- we've done every single episode uh, face-to-face. Like, when quarantine hit, we were like, all right, I guess we're quarantining together. Cause <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no way... <laughs> Oh, yeah, you no... guys moved in together, right? There's no fucking way I'd let these guys live with me. <laughs> <laughs> like... Well, we were basically daily, daily hanging out anyway. Like, we would do recording sessions, but then we'd end up hanging out for days on end planning it. So it just kind of worked out. <laughs> Perfect. So are you guys okay, You guys are recording in Audacity now as well? Yes. yes. Oh, great. And Lucas Perfect. is obviously... Oh, oh Lucas so... is gone. Just so as that's I was good. about yeah, to yeah. start. So that's really good. <laughs> Um, Steve, pick a topic. Any topic. Any topic. Uh, deforestation. It's bad. Oh. <laughs> it's, I, I it is bad, need, yeah? We need to stop uh, cutting down all these trees and using them to build rainforest cafes and malls all over the world. Yeah, man. <laughs> that is a hot take. <laughs> Lucas, your thoughts on deforestation? Uh, more of it. But, okay. Oh really? Okay, yeah, sure. Haley, your thoughts on deforestation? Uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna agree with Russ on that one. Cut, cutting down trees for rainforest cafes seems a little uh, excessive. There you go. Okay. Wow. Oh. Well, this was a slightly weirder start than I thought it was. But it makes for some really, it makes for some really impassioned David Attenborough speeches. True. So you're worried that we would miss the activism if we sorted out our lives. Exactly. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Do You Love Us, a critical analysis of the music of Manic Street Preachers. I've missed out like half the intro there. Uh, that was stupid of me. Um, I'm Adam Scott Glasspool. 
and I'm joined by Lucas Way. Hi. And Steve Murphy. Hello. And we're also joined by Russ. Hello. And Haley. Hello. From I'm Scum, an Idols cast. Now, what we're doing, and I'm I'm fully ready to lay out this concept of what we're doing and then immediately ignore it just because this is an excuse to just hang out and chat. Yeah. Um, you guys have a podcast about idols. We do. We we have a podcast about Manic Street Preachers. I think they're vaguely similar bands. Let's talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you, you also noticed we were neighbours in the iTunes charts, didn't you, Adam? And you were. Yes, that's true. We were sat next to each other. And Adam uh, messaged us and said, "Oh, we could be friends with them." <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, podcast friends, oh, chart buddies. <laughs> yeah. Um. So what we're going to do is this is basically, guys. This is really nerdy. When Manic Street Preachers <laughs> released their album, Know Your Enemy, they promoted it with releasing two singles on the same day. Which is mad. We're talking about that album at the moment. So we are going to release two episodes in one day. One here on this feed that people are listening to now and one with you guys. And on this one, we're going to talk about Manix and play some idol songs that you've really kindly chosen that you think Manix fans will like. And then we're going to hop on over and talk to you about idols and give you, uh, your listeners some Manic songs, which they'll probably all hate. Uh, <laughs> Adam, can I, can I stop you super quick? I've been using the wrong microphone. I'm sorry, I'm so Steve's stop been a... using the wrong microphone. <laughs> <laughs> <This> in... <laughs> Steve, you're really, you're really showing us up in front of our new podcast friends. <laughs> oh, we're not friends anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, probably the one on your laptop. Or the, or the one on your headphones. Yeah, yeah it could be the inline mic. Tap it to prove that that's the right mic. Is the string attached to the tin can? Yes. This is all staying in, Steve. I've stopped recording my end, so it's going to be... Oh, you <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> so it's just going to be... A... Do you know what? I don't think we need Steve for this bit. No, let's what, keep it um, up. What made you start a podcast about a band? Uh, well, we are nerds that wanted to start a podcast anyway. Uh, we were Excellent. sitting down um, and we were going to start a movie podcast because we couldn't stop incessantly talking about war movies, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he introduced me to Idols back in May of last year and I... Uh, just we couldn't stop talking about idols and finally we just sat down and went like okay look here's the thing we should actually just focus this podcast on idols because we keep annoying people about idols anyway yeah that's pretty much it. <laughs> it, it, it's it's not a good sign when you sit down to record an episode discussing the merits of george miller's mad max fury road and then end up talking about uh, a punk band from Bristol for a good 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think people who tune into our podcast find out that they're expecting people to chat about Manic Street Preachers and we actually talk about gardening. <laughs> yeah. Like fairly, fairly par for the course. That's, um, that's one of my favorite things is like, uh, like our, our iTunes reviews are far from glowing for the most part because like I think when we initially started, people thought... Oh, they're just, they're really just gonna dive deep into the music and everything like that, and it's like, yeah. And then they get on there and like, 
I'm doing a Peter Laurie impression for like two <laughs> minutes and I'm laughing until I can't breathe. Yeah, it, and it's just like a bunch of objectively terrible jokes and, and talking about just weird shit. Like, hey, who you got your money on in King Kong versus Godzilla coming out next week? <laughs> I mean, Adam's Adam's taken to actively telling people on Twitter to not listen to our first episode now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's yeah. too much waffle. We, we, we even had a disclaimer before a lot of our episodes like hey if you're just jumping in go ahead and just start at this episode and then yeah. once you're all caught up then you can go back and listen to the less funny more serious shitty episodes that's exactly what i did really? i went to listen to your most recent episode and there's a little thing saying go back and listen to episode four and i was like okay i'll go back and listen to episode four then it's yeah. like one of those choose your own adventure books where you know, it tells you which page number to go to um, yeah, no, we had the same kind of thing. We we like announced on Twitter way before our first episode that we were going to do a podcast and lots of Mandatory Preachers fans were like, oh, this is so exciting. And then they heard our first episode and went, I'm never listening again. <laughs> <laughs> when do you get to talk about the band? <laughs> um, that kind of, I think to do a podcast like this, you have to be kind of a little bit uh, obsessive. Is that, uh, do, do you kind of okay good you're nodding that's good yeah. that's what I was yeah. Gonna oh, oh yeah if you could see this room that we're in it's yeah covered in idol shit right. <laughs> so that's how did great. that kind of music musical obsession in like general start for you and i suppose uh the question that i'm really trying to ask is is russ and and Haley, what is music <laughs> oh jeez uh, uh, well I think to quote Yoda it's what binds us and surrounds us oh, uh, oh that's so okay. good that's the best answer we've but, had yeah. but like I think the obsession with music like at least for me like I can trace kind of it, it back to like two artists I was super obsessed with growing up were Billy Joel and the Mars Volta, which are like two completely opposite artists. But like, I was on yeah, like absolutely. early internet days, like on fan forums and stuff like that, and engaging in uh, the communities around both of those artists. Um, and then, yeah, that I, I wasn't really into any sort of music fandom until idols came along and they have this whole wonderful Afghan community and everything. So, and I had no uh, chance. My family is very musically oriented and like my grandfather was a music producer once upon a time. And like, they got me nerdily into musical theater at like age three. So like, I had no chance. Music was important. I am a big musical theater fan too. (laughs) Yes. Awesome. Yeah. And also, also hot take Mars Volta. Good band. Yeah. Great band. Um, I, uh, I, my favorite, my favorite story to tell is like, cause I've probably seen that. I saw them more times than any other band. And wow. there'd be times where I'd like be at a music festival, like in Austin and the Mars Volta would be playing, I, you know, just, all right, Hey, I'm going to go have a cigarette. And my buddy would be like, don't you want to see the Mars Volta? I'm like, they're going to be playing this one song for the next 25 minutes. I think I can duck out for a smoke. <laughs> I'm going to say I something that might sound, sound, make me sound very, very stupid. So if I've got this wrong, cut this right out. Well, that doesn't sound like you. 
very funny. Did they have um, similar band members as At The Drive-In, or have I just made that up? Yes, it is Cedric and Omar from At The Drive-In, which is another one of my favorite bands, which we'll talk about more of them when we get to uh, the Manic songs that you guys have seen. Hey, okay. Hot Tees. I've not not seen the Mars Volta. I've seen At The Drive-In, but not the Mars Volta, and that makes me sad, because I prefer the Mars Volta. They are... They were a a monster to witness live, like just really? just bizarre, <laughs> bizarre as fuck. So many. That's what afros. I like like from a live show is to be confused. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Mars Volta gig. Yeah. Okay. Great. And we have listeners right now turning off in droves because they were either expecting Mannix or Idols and got Mars Volta. (laughs) (laughs) But we're doing what the Mars Volta do at gigs and we're confusing our listeners. It's fine. Yeah, for 25 minutes at a time. This is the Mars Volta Um, podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So how how familiar are you guys with Manic Street Preachers? And I'm I'm aware that that is a patronising question, but it's, it's only because it's really rare to find anybody in America that has heard of them. Um, well, I weirdly had a boss that I used to call my punk boss, um, that would like pass me new music and then we'd talk about, um, all the different punk bands that we were obsessed with. I was like a super nerdy punk kid in high school. And so like he and I just bonded, but he brought up the Manic Street Preachers, which also I feel is like completely a left left field curveball kind of thing to come out and just be like, we've been talking about weird punk bands. Let's talk about Manic Street Preachers now. Mm. Yeah. Um, and he got me to listen a little bit. And I like when when your podcast came up, it was like, oh, I know this band. I've heard of this band. So neither of you are like super familiar with them. Is that right? Or... Yeah, not super familiar. We've listened to a little bit, and like we've watched documentaries and things like that. Yeah. Oh wow, that's more than well, me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, they have that... <laughs> well, they have that super interesting um, backstory between them, um, and I find them to be quite similar to idols. I don't know if that's an unfashionable thing to say. Does anybody agree with me? I completely I... agree. No. Okay, great. Uh, good, yeah, because like, I think that, you know, both have this, uh, like, cult-like fan following, like, 100%. with, that is all about, like, positivity and unity, and a lot of the songs are about, like, working-class solidarity. And yes. I think, yeah, exactly. like, those elements and, like, you know, just kind of, like, the, the socialist underpinnings... Um, uh, of them is very, very similar. Yeah. Do Do you think that that like translates particularly well over to the U.S.? I think I think it does for people who are like under the age of sixty, for the most part. Right. Okay. <laughs> so none of the people running your country. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like this is the like that's the kind of music like all of our friends are into. Like mm-hmm. you know stuff that speaks to the reality of what's happening because mm-hmm. you know there there are a lot of of people who are shifting super hard left in this country, especially over the past few months and weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
So, yeah, I think I think that definitely I think now res- for sure it will. Yeah, resonates. Yeah. Um, I, I I know that there's not a big like Mannix scene uh, in America, and I think that's because I think. Like you were saying, like idols are, are all about kind of unity and that inclusive sort of feeling. And I always find Mannix to be quite exclusive and a little bit more like nihilistic. And um, they just don't like anybody, really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but least of all, they like 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 they really like a lot of their songs are very critical of like um, th- what they seem, seem to find as the Americanization of culture, which pretty much just wipes out the um, the American market. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like that's not a yeah, popular. Yeah, I mean they wrote a song all about. I mean, which one is it? Uh, Black Blackpool Pier. What's the name of the song, Adam? Come on, Elvis impersonator. Elvis impersonator, which is like yeah. all about basically saying, "Oh, Americanism's taken over Britishness." Which I think was a legitimate Boom. concern in the nineties. <laughs> um, but you can see why that wouldn't be popular with an American audience. Yeah. Whereas Idols are very inclusive. Um, so, what is the Idols scene like in America? It was definitely, um, like, it's exciting to see when other Americans are into idols, but the shows sell out. Like, they're they're pretty big over here for the smaller venues, and, like, they're building an audience pretty quick over here. Um, I think they have timing. Their timing is perfect. Like, they, they oh, started yeah. to build yeah. right when... Like, I think now would be a good time for Manic Street Preachers to come over here because, like, their message will definitely be heard a lot better than, like, in the 90s when we still had a lot of, like, everyone was still really into the consumerism side of things over here. And now we're getting a lot of hard lefts happening and, like, people are more nihilistic and a little bit more cynical. I think they'd welcome Manic Street Preachers' message. And, like, with Mm. idols, they have timing to the nth degree where they're like yelling about lefty politics and like socialism and all people are going like, wait, that sounds like a good idea right now. Yeah. Let's, let's be nice to each other because the world is burning. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They do actually have like an uncanny, uncanny timing. I mean, the new single. I was about to say the new single. Yeah. Has that line in it. Um, But I raise my pink fist and say black is beautiful, which is like, Something that obviously they wrote like probably a year ago, mm-hmm. but they just have that weird timing where they just, they released it in the middle of this huge surge mm-hmm. um, of the of the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, it's just un- uncanny timing. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good band. But yeah, <laughs> I'm, I said I wouldn't talk about <laughs> yeah. about yeah. idols. Um, yeah, I'm finding it really hard to not talk about idols because I've got a little list of little little points here, and I'm like, <laughs> I'll save that. <laughs> I, I'm assuming uh, that Lucas, obviously, the listeners of this episode are quite familiar with you and your ways. Um, <laughs> I'm assuming that you hate idols. No, I don't. I don't hate idols. Okay. Okay. So Lucas has never heard idols. <laughs> no, I've before, never heard uh, idols before. Adam sent me four songs I had to listen to as homework. Yeah, so you have been his complete introduction to Idols, which we will get onto uh, a little bit later. I find them both to be um, very reactionary bands, like to outside influences and themselves, mm-hmm. um, and both bands that kind of improve with sort of like context is 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 context something you guys consider when you listen to music a lot oh yeah in terms of like 
band careers and stuff like that oh yeah like uh, and especially with idols like because of how open they are with their personal struggles and stuff like that that um Mm. like on uh joy is an act of resistance in the middle of that album you're hit with the song june which is joe Mm -hmm. singing about his uh daughter who was uh stillborn um yeah and while I find they that were very, recording very the album, that one. yeah, and it mm. ends with that Hemingway quote of "baby shoes for sale, never worn," yeah. and like that song without the context, <laughs> like yeah, without yeah. the context, it's very jarring. And then contextually within everything, it like really creates yeah. this story with you. Like it, it feels like the context matters so much more because you want to go on this journey with them a lot more. You can see kind of their struggles um, kind of uh, amplified and magnified, like, through all their songs. Because, like, you can see, like, you know, some of them have gotten uh, sober in, like, the ensuing years. And so you can see that reflected in, like, songs like Benzocaine Mm -hmm. and um, stuff like that. So, yeah, I think context matters. Immensely. Immensely, especially when it comes to idols. I totally agree. I mean, that song, June, it, um, it's a very sad song anyway. But then you to find out that, that Joe lost his baby and he's writing from a very, very personal point of view. He's not just writing about something. Then it then it makes that song way more impactful. Um, very much like a lot of the songs on the Holy Bible by the Mannix. Um, yes. When you find out Richie wrote a lot of the lyrics and he's writing about his anorexia. Um, again, if you didn't know any about anything about that, then again, it could just be a song that's not very pleasant. Like, yeah, it's a dark song, but it just hits that whole new yeah. level once you realize that it is a personal experience and it's someone writing about something that they know. Mm. And I think both both bands are really, really good at that. And, and the way that they write about loss and grief. Um, like, I mean, even, even Brutalism, the first, uh, the first Idols album was sort of uh, recorded... Is is it after? It's not during. I think I think I think he, uh, Joe's mother died before the recording of Brutalism. Yeah, yeah, I think he died like right as they were getting into the studio. Yeah, she yeah. she died like right when he started writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that there's that very and then of course Mannix um, lost a member of their band. Yeah, uh, the the guy just sort of disappeared under very sad circumstances, and then the next album is them kind of dealing with that loss and that grief and it's 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 very interesting for both for both bands i think because uh it's it gives you a little window into their lives but also it's it's interesting to like um see them deal with that in in a public sphere i mean that's got to be so hard and it's one of the things that i really admire about about both bands and we've gotten very serious. Yeah. <laughs> very <laughs> Quick, let's talk about like light things again, like deforestation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that this, really this, set us off is, on this trajectory. This has been the perpetual debate of our podcast, basically, is I came into it saying, basically, people don't give a shit about that when it comes to music. Like, people don't read the backstory of a band. People don't listen to the lyrics as deeply as you think they do. 
and it's been mm. Adam basically proving me wrong. It's been yeah. Adam. <laughs> Adam's task has been to has been to prove me wrong, uh, and that's the only reason I'm doing this. Yeah, one over on just to get one over on it. I re- I represent the normies of the world on the podcast. I yeah, think. I Adam's gonna... like Adam's like deep reading, and I'm like I don't think people give a shit about 99 percent of this. But then he'll, he'll I'll, I'll learn the backstory of a song, and then I'll be like, it's quite better song now isn't it yeah. <laughs> so like born there's a song called born a girl about uh nikki yeah i always mix up the names nikki's like having like gender issues basically and i because i knew that because i'd read it and saw that it was about himself not just a a character or whatever i immediately was like well that song's excellent i it's so much more impactful so adam has been sort of winning it's it's also the case that like context from yourself can make uh music feel completely different like steve i imagine you probably react to the song we mentioned before june uh much differently than i do because you are a father Uh, yeah yeah 100 percent um it's the only thing that makes me cry on tv is anything to do with fathers and sons i'm a mess so like <laughs> um, but, but, but yeah any, anything to do with like yeah parent stuff yeah well, it hits me way harder steve that's not true the end of avengers endgame also makes you cry that's very true and, did, <laughs> and so did the whole movie so <laughs> that's fair we we talk about it all the time on our podcast we cry at literally every movie like, yeah. Good. I, <laughs> if there's healthy. a momentary sadness, we're bawling. When when yeah. when Lando Calrissian's uh, <laughs> robot that he was in love with that later became the AI for the Millennium Falcon died in Solo, a Star Wars story. Sobbing. Sobbing. <laughs> I, wa- I watched that two days ago. It's a great Did you movie. Cry? It's, I, I like that movie, and I think that might be controversial, but it's just a good, fun space western. So, so I, here's was, I was crying I've, during Solo, but for different reasons. I've, I've never <laughs> asked someone this since you saw okay. it recently. Yeah. I'm weird in that I need a level of consistency, and I'm not going to be happy with any reboot of Indiana Jones if Alden Ehrenreich is not cast as young Indiana Jones. <laughs> I need the guy who's playing young Han Solo to play young Indiana Jones or I will riot. I've got I've got a better su- selection, which is don't do a prequel to Indiana Jones. I, I agree with I that. I agree with that, but, but you know Disney can't pass up that money. There already was, though, right? They did have the young Indiana Jones adventure thing, right? That's TV. People don't care about TV. Oh, okay. (laughs) I love that show. I had the VHS box set of the young Indiana Jones. I had the VHS box set, yeah, yeah, of every single one. Wow, we are losers. (laughs) (laughs) We never claim to be otherwise, to be fair, on our podcast. Every single episode of the young Indiana Jones adventures. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Let's do another bonus episode. We've got the Thunderbirds bonus episode in the bank. <laughs> I, don't to, I don't want to do Thunderbirds. Adam, you had the indie fedora, didn't you? Uh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was a weird child, and that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> It's all right. I dressed up as Peter Pan for three years and refused to be called anything other than Peter. So That amazing. is amazing. Remarkable. How old were you? Real 21. Cool yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's great. I spent I spent a whole year refusing to be uh, called anything other than Noddy. 
<laughs> you know the little guy in the red and yellow car. I doubt these guys know with who a bell Noddy on his is. hat. I don't think that's filtered through. I'll no, send you I really a picture. Think... <laughs> I'll send you a picture of Noddy later. Why did you want to be Noddy? Um, I don't really know. I called my mum Big Ears. Okay, and that sure. was that was Noddy's best friend. Yeah, we need some context, Adam. Some cultural. I might context. edit this out. <laughs> no, no, I don't. don't. <laughs> so here, here's a fun one. When I was in uh, when I was in eighth grade, my uh, my history teacher on like the first day, she's calling roll, and she like you know gives the disclaimer. If you go by something else, let me know. So oh, no. I just said, uh, yeah, I go by Dave. And for for the rest of the year, I would I would write Dave on all of all of my papers, everything. Yeah. And one day she uh, she I, I come home and she's on the phone with my dad and he she's on speakerphone. She's like, "Yeah, Dave is not uh, showing up for <laughs> class and he's not turning in his work, and uh, you know he's really slipping behind this semester." And he goes. Well, that's very disconcerting. Uh, just one question. Uh, who the fuck is Dave? <laughs> and I just double over laughing at the front Amazing. door. And then my dad just goes, get in here. <laughs> that's great. Steve, you're going to have to teach your son that. What, to, to call himself Dave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah All great. children are named Dave from now on. Yeah. Um, guys, you have given us four Idols songs that you think Manic Street Preachers fans will like. Yes. Shall we... Okay, well, first of all, explain yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Explain yourself. (laughs) So, uh, the four songs that that we selected are kind of... We base them off of what we've gathered from talking to people on the podcast. um, Kind Mm. of what, like... Uh, are good intros. Yeah, everyone's mm. for some reason seems to get hooked in by Mother. Um, yeah, that seems to be one that that canonizes people. Um, and um, then uh, yeah, Ten Four Nine Gotho, just because it speaks about mental health, uh, which is of the utmost importance. And we think that uh, that was one that Manix fans can uh, can get behind. Um, yeah, and then. Uh, I'm scum just because we got to put the namesake in there. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. And then yeah, I dream no. guillotine because. Oh yeah, I mean, Adam didn't think to do that. <laughs> what do you mean? What good good work, dickhead? <laughs> I think I think he means Luke, cause, uh, Adam that he you didn't put in you love us. I didn't put you love us in there. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, yeah. yeah. Silly me. Good work. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, let's go let's go song by song because these are interesting choices. Are we not um, going to do general thoughts first, like you normally uh, want us to give? No, 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 no. We're going to go song by song, Lucas. We're going to go song by song, okay. starting with starting with mother. Scare a Tory is to read and get rich. The best 
Motherfucker. <laughs> this song gets me so pumped. I've got that written down. This song gets me so pumped, is what in my notes. And this I can't was... sing along to it without gritting my teeth like this. Yeah, as we saw in that little video. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, th- this, w- this was the first Idol song that I ever heard. Wow. I was introduced to them by my friend James Quinn. Same. Who by comes you. up a lot. Um, guys, t- 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 what's, what's special about this song to you and, and in the Idol's canon, do you think? Uh, well, there's, I mean, to go back to context, it matters a ton because it uh, reflects, like, Joe's relationship with his mom and how she had just passed away. Uh, to me, the first time I heard it, I love it because it has that um, whole unpaid labor thing that coincides with being a mom. And, like, I'm sure uh, anybody who has a mom that also worked, like, you're witnessing them coming home from work and then they take care of you and they have to deal with all of that of being a mom and then go back out and work again. Like, my mom used to work nights when I was a kid and she would come home and have to, like, help out and do everything like that again as well and then go back out at night and, like, go back to work, so. Yeah, and I I also... uh, uh... This song was because uh, I heard Brutalism back when it first came out, and I was like, "Ooh, too shouty, too angry for me." Yeah, um, right. Okay. And um, <laughs> it wasn't until later on when Joy came out where I was like, "Okay, I'm going back to this." Yeah. And uh, immediately and fell in yeah. love with this song, and especially the um, verse where he says, "Sexual violence doesn't start and end with rape; it starts in our yeah. books and behind our school gates." Men are scared. Yeah. Women will laugh in their face, whereas women are scared. It's their lives men will take. And like the amount of perspective that's just in that one verse of just how we are so conditioned by the patriarchy and yeah, how absolutely. the roots of misogyny and sexism run so deep in all aspects of society. Um, yeah, I was, I was reading about that, and, and that line like also alludes to like um, like playground sexual assault. Mm-hmm. And, in the UK, there was like 55,000 reported cases of playground sexual assault wow. in like three years. Mm. Which from is 2014 mad. to 2017. Just, just because like those children had had it ingrained in their home lives that that is how you behave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just not tackled, which is uh, Disgusting. depressing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, only, it only occurred to me recently. So first of all, obviously, it's about his mother and stuff. And then he... And he says, motherfucker. And I'm like, huh. And it only huh. really sort of clicked to me recently that it's kind of about mothers getting fucked over. Yeah. So it's a motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. So like that. Yeah. There's, there's a comma there somewhere. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, when I first heard this song, I didn't hear Tori. I heard Toy. <laughs> okay. And I right. was honestly like, what are they trying to say? You thought it was here? like Toy Story. Yeah. And I was like, why would me reading and, and making lots of money bother Woody. My toys. I was trying yeah, to like. I was like, "What the fuck are they making a point at here?" And then I was yeah. like, oh, "They're saying Tory. That makes a lot more sense. <laughs> that's a lot. That makes, that's a lot better." <laughs> to be fair, I I thought it was a Tony, so I was like, "Okay, so he's either trying to scare a award you get for musical theater, or yeah. the the man who lives big tiger. in um in the boy's <laughs> throat from uh, The Shining." Oh, yeah. That's the thing for, for, for you guys, like. Not being from England, how much of this sort of... I mean, this is going to go into the stuff I was going to go into in your episode. But obviously, like, had you ever heard the word Tory before? So, yeah, we're... uh... (laughs) 
because yeah. obviously we we get influenced by your culture i'd say a lot more than you do by ours because we see hollywood movies and so we know just from culture a bit more about america i would say than vice versa i I think over here, I mean, you as well, Russ, but like I, I, I had a roommate for a long time that was from Bristol. Um, and then I also just like was one of those, I I keep saying big nerd, but I'm not kidding. Big (laughs) nerd. So I like hyper researched British culture when I was like in high school because I was desperate to live out there. Well, that must have taken you about five minutes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was just a lot of that. So by the time the songs were coming, it was it worked out that I was like, oh, good. I understand these references. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think also like because we're both big history nerds, too, and like big political junkies that, uh, yeah, I I was aware uh, once I figured out that he wasn't saying Tony that uh tory was the proper word and i was like okay that makes way more sense yeah it helps too that in high school my favorite band was crass so i had a lot of exposure to uh british politics then so yeah yeah i can imagine um aside from the context it's also just a hot banger oh yeah Yeah. um yeah i I love that it's like just driven by that bass and that it's weirdly off kilter because it rotates in threes Mm-hmm. The bass fucks is what it does. Yeah, yeah the bass <laughs> yeah. does fuck. Yeah, I'll give you that. Um, and it's got that like really cool atmospheric guitar sound. I mean, it's a, it's just, I think the like like you were saying, Russ, it is. It seems to be the one that people latch onto first because I think it's just a great introduction to the band and, and what they're all about and their sort of sound. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, so Lucas, where do you land on this? Like, obviously, we, you know, the four of us. Obviously, really love this song, Lucas. Am you... I going to get ganged up on? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah, I feel yeah. the need, to, I feel the need yeah. to be extra polite because we have guests. No, uh, no, right, no, no. So fine. I think we idols are a review fall, show. Idols fall in to me in the similar area as the Holy Bible by the Manchester Preachers, which is to say that reading the lyrics and having this conversation is more interesting to me than the song. Yeah. I'm not generally that into angry, shouty, punky, grungy music. <laughs> and so I'm like, yeah, it's like, I heard it and I was like, well, this is very Steve. Luke, like, really? This, <laughs> like, 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 oh, this, like, this is exactly the sort of thing Steve's into. <laughs> Lucas and, likes and strings I, and anthems and hearts. I like, yeah, I like big, yeah, I like, well, we've talked about this before. I like quite, Adam, you said I don't seem to, to respond well to lo fi music. Yes. Which sort of grungy, punky stuff sort of is not- my. Not your president. Not my president. Yeah. 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 It's just to say I don't like it, but it's to say, like, I I couldn't listen to a 12-track album of this. I'd be like, I'd be like, yeah, I'd I'd get bored uh, of it. I listened to Joy as Natural Resistance while bi- uh, building IKEA furniture today. It was fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. Wow! <laughs> I bet that you really smashed the shit out yeah, of yeah, IKEA did, yeah. furniture. It's really <laughs> broken now. But yeah. I have been walking around humming it to myself. Yeah, oh, it's catchy. It's catchy. Yeah. so catchy. Yeah. If there's one thing idols are are absolutely just excel at is, like you said, whether you like it or not. The songs are infectious just structurally alone. Yeah. You, you get that with Manics, which is like you have all these dark oh, yeah. lyrics and stuff, but and then you find yourself like 
walking around the flat, <laughs> humming about anorexia and uh, <laughs> serial serial killers, serial killers, and yeah, yeah, the Holocaust, uh, and all that nice stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's a the great, difference I um, think between this and Manix, though, is it's impossible to not understand, get at what they're talking about. I was immediately yeah. like, I was immediately like, well, this song's is as is feminist. It's like it's got feminist views, and it's angry. It's a very angry song. Mm. Whereas some manic songs, you're like, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about because they're talking. What in, I find about riddles, idols is it's not necessarily anger. I think a lot of the time it's just pure raw passion, and um, and I think that that's what I really get out of this band is it. I just get energized like massively. Um, and that's what I like about kind of punk music in general is just the kind of um, the, the energy it comes with rather than the tune or anything like that. I don't know. There's just this is an attitude and I fucking love idols. So we, we, <laughs> we call it auditory catharsis. Yeah. Where it's just like you just. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like you're just possessed by a by an insane pogo stick. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a great way of putting it. That's exactly how I feel about some of the Manic songs. Yeah, there's just like that feeling of 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 catharsis. Mm-hmm. Uh, one extra bit of context before we move in: that line, "Men are scared, women will laugh in their face, whereas women are scared it's their lies." Men will take is a Margaret Atwood quote, which mm-hmm. I didn't know until uh, I looked that up. Um, <laughs> I think it sort of falls into the we've done this before on the pod, which is that you and Steve are better at emotionally engaging with songs than me. Oh, you're a robot, yeah. Um, so I'm yeah. the robot man of the podcast. And so, yeah. like, when there's a sad, sad song... You he cries like, oil. Like, you're... <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so when there's a sad, sad song, like, you and Ad- you and Steve will say, oh, I, if I'm in a sad mood, I'll go and seek out that sad music and have a little have a little wallow to myself. Yeah, I love and a wallow. Do, and we've done this on the podcast about 10 times now, which is that I don't do the wallow. Same reason that if I'm in a grumpy mood, I won't go and listen to some fucking angry music and get angry. I'll just, like, be silently angry and then... So is some... there, like, ever an occasion that you would stick on idols if it wasn't for this podcast? I think driving. Yeah. If okay. I knew yeah. the roads were clear, if I knew the roads were clear <laughs> and I could get away with speeding a lot and more than usual. And we do not condone this. Which we do not I do not condone speeding and I've never sped in my life ever. <laughs> 70 miles an hour tops in a 30. In a 30. <laughs> <laughs> Past a school. Um L- Lucas I did appreciate the David Brent. Uh, I'm not allowed this. I'm not allowed near schools. Okay. Oh, oh, what? Okay. <laughs> okay. So let's, uh, we'll just move on from that. That's fine. Uh, that the next... horrible, horrible joke there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next song is uh, 1049 Gotho. Like mine and a mind like mine. My friend is 
to have sex I pissed in the kitchen sink But she slowly undressed Guitars on that are insane. Oh, so good. <laughs> best of the bunch. Oh, this was your favourite, Lucas. Ooh. I'm O. Yeah, best of the bunch. Well, go on Lucas, then. Why, Lucas why is that? Because I piss in the kitchen sink. This song, I've, I've put the note that it's like, I, I know nothing about the band and their who they are and where they come from, but I imagine that the lead singer, they basically found a very drunk, angry, homeless man and just were like, get involved and he's just like shouting and getting down and pissing on the kitchen sink and like <laughs> I just pick, I, I don't know what he looks like but I'm picture a very shaggy man uh, like, no. no that's not that's not wrong he's pretty yeah. shaggy yeah. <laughs> Joe but is a the very interesting thing dude. the yeah. interesting thing about Joe is that um, uh, he sounds incredibly angry on record and then you like listen to an interview with him, and he might be the nicest man alive. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he yeah. truly is. He, he is way, way. T- it it throws us off. Yeah, like in the in the times that we've we've talked with him, that it's just like this dude that we're used to seeing like in a Hawaiian shirt on stage, just like mm. I pissed in the kitchen sink. <laughs> it's just like yeah. So um. Yeah, let's let's um let's talk about socialism uh, for a bit. Yeah. There's a great That's a great Joe Talbot impression. Oh, I was thank about you. to mine because there's a bit in um in the Glastonbury set where he's like, I see a circle forming. But if there's no women in that circle, that is not a circle, it is a phallus. Yeah, and I love that so much. Is he yeah, cockney? I love now. That one. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, I like that. I've just been. I've just googled a picture of him because now I want to know what he looks like. And of course, and I've seen a guitarist on on stage in a nice pair of green pants, which I like. Yes, yes. Oh, yes. Mark yeah. Bowen. Yeah. Lot of, I've got a yeah. lot of time for that. Yeah, it just gets in his boxes. It's great. <laughs> I mean, these, are like the... full, these are full blown Y fronts. These are or his American flag spandex. Is that yeah. Right? Yep. That was my first exposure I mean, yeah. to the appearance of Mark Bowen as we, well. We actually... <laughs> he is very before, much the Nicky Wire of the group. Yeah. <laughs> before everything yes. got cancelled, uh, we were going to go see them at Pappy and Harriet's. Uh. And I bought uh, a pair of like chibi Godzilla short, short shorts. shorts Ooh, that I was, was going to give to Mark Bowen at the show and just be like, here Amazing. you go. Here's, so- here's something new to show off your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I uh, this may surprise you. Uh, I really like this song. Yeah, uh, and reading reading into it and the lyrics behind it, I think that it might be about depression. <laughs> wow, <laughs> Whoa. is it about mental health? Whoa. Did anybody else uh, get? Well, there's that? a line where he says, "My friend is so depressed." That was that was the first. Clue. That might be yeah, it. Yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I reckon you might be right. You're onto something there. Uh, this song makes me feel like gross yeah it just makes me feel that 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 description he has of of like that passionless emotionless sex yeah just sort of makes me feel a bit 
a bit grim. Um, I think we've all talked on the uh, us three have anyway on our podcast about um, our mental health issues. Yeah, and we've all been pretty heavily depressed at uh, uh, at some point. Um, and this song just uh, just gets me right there. You know, yeah. it just uh, I feel like it's a band that kind of understands what's going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's just incredibly refreshing to hear um, men talk about it so openly, and that, I think that's just very, very important. And um, yeah, we don't shy away from it. Like we we recorded an episode recently. I was not in a good way, and we probably shouldn't have done recorded the episode that that day. But um, it gave um, it an interesting mood, didn't it? Yeah, it did. <laughs> well, especially when you started talking about our friend who died, and then I just had to like disappear to cry for a bit. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's yeah. great that we didn't stop recording, though. Yeah, no, we you really can't... <laughs> capture every sound of those. You, no, you can't hear me in the background going. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can now. I've turned it up in the mix. Have you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there, I've just thought of another time when I would listen to Idols, which is going for a run. Ooh. I mean, he yes. does run on stage. On it doesn't the spot happen a lot. very often, but I would definitely run to this. Because... Lucas, the two new songs, Mr. Motivator and Grounds, are both great to run to. Absolutely. I imagine, because I've never run There's... in my life. <laughs> There's a guy who does these jogging reviews. I and... saw that today on and Twitter. And he has yes. done Mr. Motivator and Grounds, and he is, oh my God, he's like, and then... The bass it just goes boom. I just I just got to keep fucking going. Oh, it's so good. Are, are you guys aware of Mr. Motivator? I I I, I was not before the song, but now yeah. I am intimately oh, acquainted yeah. with uh, Haley. You're shaking your head. Give yourself a treat and uh, look up Mr. Motivator on YouTube at some point. It's a yeah. uh, it's a real. It's a real vibe. It's real yeah. 90s yeah. Eng- English something. I saw him Colourful live a couple of years ago. I was at a festival and he performed. Did he? <laughs> yeah. Really? I mean, yeah. I mean well, he literally did a, he did a workout session on stage and oh, got okay. everyone in the, in the crowd to work out. There you go. It was great. Fantastic. Anyway, this song. What, what, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Go on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, it's, it's another one that just... Um, I don't know. It's just super catchy as well as being... Well, that's yeah. There's there's actually like a genuinely like anthemic bit at the end as well when it's going yeah 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 yeah. That's very that that's like, beautiful. Adam. Thank you very much. I've yeah. been practicing that all day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of my favorite things to see live too, because a lot of the times when they do that, uh, when they get to that portion of the song, the entire crowd will start shouting the yeah yeah refrain. Yeah. And yeah. they'll stop playing. Like the song will end, and then the yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah we'll just continues. <laughs> it's fucking magic. Uh, That's great. Um, one of the things I like about um, both Idols and Manix is the way that they play with sort of form and function. So Idols music is very angry and at first listen you could maybe think that it's it's quite sort of depressing and dark music whereas actually the lyrics are quite uplifting mm. um inclusive and very positive mm-hmm. and the manics kind of do the opposite of idols but do the same thing so 
a lot of their music, um, one of our picks for you, which I won't ruin on here, is like a very uplifting, mellow song. But then the lyrics are really dark. And I like that they're both bands that kind of, they kind of sneak their messages through. Yeah. So you'd probably get a lot of punk fans who are receiving these like amazing sort of positive vibes that they weren't necessarily expecting. Um, and with Mannix, you'll get a lot of like dad rock fans who are um, getting a lot of uh, songs political messages and serial killers <laughs> and political messages. <laughs> yeah, it, feel, it feels there's something very subversive about both of these uh, it's, bands it's to me. Trojan Does anybody else horse, feel that way? Yeah, it's a Trojan horse of positivity. Nice. Yes. Oh, that's yeah. You see. Did you write that down before you came on the show? Mm. That's just how you talk. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> I, I only speak in platitudes. <laughs> nice. Mind you, Manic, Manic say, you love us, and you've got idols saying, uh, love yourself. So it's a bit different. Well, that's true, yeah. Love that us. You love us. Can someone, can someone explain to the pleb that is me what he actually means by, I pissed to the kitchen sink? It's just that thing. About it's literally it, that, of... mate. Yeah, yeah I think I just do. portraying just the grossness and the yeah not caring at that point when you're at that level yeah where yeah. you're just on that i think when you hit that level of kind of depression where you go to anything you're like at that most base level of existence where it's just like yeah. you have a cold emotionless fuck and then like you care so little that you just you go piss in the kitchen sink Mm. Um, I've acti actively witnessed that uh, happen before. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Which bit? Which bit? <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that to the imagination. Okay. <laughs> uh, does anybody know why what? it's called 1049 Gotho? Yes. I was just about to ask that. Yes. Go for it. So I, I love this. This is so good. So 10, uh, 1049 Gotho is... Um, this uh, celestial body, it's like a meteor, basically just a space rock that is caught in the orbit of the sun. Um, and it's not close enough to where it burns up, but with a certain telescope, you can see this dark spot blocking out part of the sun's light. And so that's kind of what depression signifies, that is no matter how much light that you put out into the world, that there'll always be this darkness that's circling you constantly. Cool. Yeah. That's yeah. nice, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's fucking cool. I actually <laughs> took that a different way because I only I only knew about like the 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 meteor bit, and, and I I took it as like the idea that the meteor mm. is the person and the sun is depression, and oh. the person oh. is sort of locked into a rhythm with something that. If it got any closer, it would c completely consume and kill it. That's a far better Ooh. interpretation than what I dug up. No, I think they're both great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not willing what, to Lucas, say that. what do you think, Lucas? Yeah, Lucas. I oh, think... no, don't no, no, on, no I've got to read. I think the meteor is the depression. And yeah. it's that it, it's just stuck in its... I mean, it's basically what Adam just said, but I'm just yeah. flipping the roles, you see. Okay. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, it won't, it can't, you can't get it to fully go away and come out of orbit, but it's also not getting close enough to burn up. So mm. I'm saying the same thing Adam said, and I'm swapping yeah. the roles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scum. Yeah, let's do, let's do the next song. Oh, no, that uh, was just me telling you. Oh. Yeah. Would you like to do the next song? Yeah, go on then. All right.
what a <laughs> what a banger. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, uh, we are all lefty and soft, so that's good. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I just absolutely fucking love the snowflake line so much. Oh, it's so good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's another it's another like uh, celebration of the working class again, right? Yeah, absolutely. And um, how others kind of perceive perceive them, and um, yeah, and they're, 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 they are scum. I can't well, get this Steve, words out. you are you're uh, floating around the edge of my hot take. Ooh, that sounds horrible. I don't want to do that. <laughs> like a meteor, sort of locked yeah, in yeah. orbit. <laughs> I think this is their uh, a design for life. Ooh, Ooh. interesting. Ooh. Oh yeah, um, Mannix. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember we were doing a podcast about the Mannix Street Preachers. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, a Design for Life is a song about uh, kind of class and people's perception of the working class. Yeah. And it uses irony to kind of portray that perception of working class. So, like, we don't talk about love. We just want to get drunk. Um, yeah. I am a mongrel dog. I'm just another cog. I think Joe is kind of doing the same thing with his lyrics that Nikki was doing with A Design for Life. And I think that both of both a design for life and I'm scum are like their kind of. You could put that song on, um, and it's just got that air of defiance. It's about class structure. It kind of sums them up as a band. It's clever, and it's also anthemic. Like that chorus is genuinely like a huge catchy chorus. Yeah. Oh yeah. And there you go. That's my hot take. Now, how yeah. hot was that? That was super hot, man. Thanks, man. I feel my, like a meteor circling I can hear the my, sun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fans on my laptop are spinning up. <laughs> well, it, it, I guess it's such a uh, sort of summing up the band so much that you guys named your podcast after it, right? Yeah. Yep. And it yeah. kind of felt like it summed us up pretty well, too. So it worked out pretty well. Do you consider yeah. yourself to be scum? Oh, yeah, absolutely. we all are, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, the, um, the the people that the song is a diss track at, because it's a diss track at its core, isn't it? Yes. To be honest. Yeah. Uh, would would call all of us scum. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah you're probably right. Diss track. It's a diss track at its core. It's a diss track. Well, Idols is hip-hop. So. Yeah, Idols is hip-hop. So. Well, they, they well, do, like... I, I read an interview with Joe where he's just like, we are not a punk band. Yeah. yeah. And I, I hate to disagree with the creator of it, but he they is are. wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they are a punk band. I think they own it now at this point. Yeah? Yeah. I've gotten over that sort of uh, we are not a punk band thing. Yeah. I think so. I think that uh, that they've kind of embraced it in... I think maybe for a time they were viewing it more as like the punk aesthetic and everything that right. comes with it where instead yeah. it's like not to be punk is just like to say like fuck the entire system that we're forced to labor under and yeah. uh love yourself and celebrate who you are and that's punk as fuck yeah that is that is punk as fuck yeah <laughs> um there's a bit of this song that remind that reminds me of another song and i couldn't put my finger on it until today and it's the uh the spit in your percolator i am procrastinate a bit sounds it, exactly like firestarter yes. by prodigy yeah i've got that written down like yeah procrastinator it's, yeah, yeah it just exactly hit me same. today yeah 
I overtip the waiter. (laughs) (laughs) A punking instigator. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Lucas, your your hot take on this. Just nothing. That's good. That's good. <laughs> it just makes another song I get super pumped. And Adam like... gets Adam gets really annoyed at me when I don't have enough of a take on a song. Uh, yeah, I just <laughs> no, it's fine. I gave it's you my fine. whole take at the start of of the first song. Which oh, that's is, your whole take on. So is... are you kind of saying that like these four songs are not distinct enough to warrant separate takes? No. <laughs> And your take is it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> my take is I'd happily run, but I'm not. And I'm the problem is I'm not criticizing and saying objectively there's any issue with it. I'm saying that knowing the sort of music I'm into, which is well documented at this point on our yeah. podcast at least, sure. And it's not shouty, pointy, angry music. <laughs> shouty, pointy. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Haley and Russ, I'm assuming that you guys quite like this song. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is probably Whoa. one of the first. Whoa. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is, uh, also, I, I, I want to give a shout out to the line cause like both of us are James Bond fans and having to reconcile. I was going to ask if, if you care about the next James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> we kind of oh, did yeah. before we heard the song and thought about you, it clearly. You do know that he, he kills for country, queen and God, right? That's yeah. just, you were aware. Okay. It's fine. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Cause my, my hot take is we don't need another murderer's top. That is a hot. <laughs> just wondering yeah, where take. the high streak's gone. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, we've we've talked about this like mildly in interviews before with like when we're interviewing people, but like uh, when we thought about it, or at least when I thought about it and reconciled my like, I enjoy James Bond. It's the same thing as watching like a cop procedural. I'm not a big fan of cops. I don't think it mm. necessarily. I I recognize that those shows are propaganda and that it's to make me want to like the police enforcement like structure. But I can watch it and go, I'm entertained by this. I don't agree with it. And just kind of <laughs> yeah. sit there. Yeah, absolutely. So, so hot take, James Bond killing lots of people. Bad. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Bad We're, thing. Yeah. But, but Christoph Waltz killing. as Ernst Stavro Blofeld killing a bunch of people. Good. Yeah. yeah. Mm, yes. It was me, yeah. James, the architect of all your pain. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good impression. Yes, Thank you. Good impression. Most I of my, did that. I, I, I'm giving you only my good impressions today. Yeah. <laughs> well, in which case, do your best James Bond. <laughs> which which one you can do? Uh, uh, Who's the most difficult? I mean, uh, uh, well, Timothy Dalton. I could just hold up a, uh, some toast, and uh, that would do it. Um, yeah. I like Timothy Dalton. Let me think. I mean, He's the worst one though. The, the, no. The toughest one would probably be George Lazenby because he's an Australian attempting a British accent and failing miserably. Very odd. Yeah. (laughs) Wonder if this happened to the other fella. (laughs) But still good. God, I hate that bit about. I hate that bit of that. No, that bit's great. That's the best bit of the film. I've recently been watching all of the James Bond films. Oddly uh, enough, my girlfriend. Honor, Majesty's Secret Service is probably my favorite Bond movie. It's got the best really? music of any Bond film. Yes. Do at me. Yeah, it's got good music. Yep. Did you just say do at me? Yeah, do at me about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Okay, well. I'd also like to apologise to all the Idols fans about the fact that I'm not falling head over heels for Idols. Well, there's going to be torches and pitchforks at your domicile soon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, don't read Pitchfork. 
<laughs> Good. That's for the best. Yeah. If it's not death grips, it gets a it gets a five. <laughs> but this was basically my role for the first like bunch of our podcast was was the one who was critical because Adam and the Steve denier really, really like it. Yeah. You're the heel of the podcast. I was the Manic Street Preachers denier. Yeah. He didn't believe they existed. And then I came round for a couple albums, and now I'm starting to slip away. Now we're back. Again. We're back to the no. But there was a couple the albums naysaying. there that were great. <laughs> uh, this next song, "I Dream Guillotine," is the one that I was least familiar with of all yep. of them. Same, um, because it's kind of it's a little bit hidden in their discography. Let's listen to it, and then we'll, is, then is we'll it, talk. About I couldn't find. Is it, it's not on an album, is it? No, it's a B side. No, there we yeah. go. It's yeah. a. Is it a B-side of a standalone single as well? So, kind of? so what it was, was there were three songs that were supposed to be on Joy as an Act of Resistance. Uh, mm. Mercedes Marxist, I Dream Guillotine, and then uh, Alcohol. Alcohol, you can only hear like live video that was recorded because Disney oh, wow. is a shitty company. <laughs> uh, and Joe Talbot like uh, has steals like the melody and lyric of a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. Great. And uh, so they're like, we already have a Katy Perry reference on the album. And that was expensive <laughs> enough as is just cut, just cut alcohol off there. And so I dream guillotine was also one that didn't make the cut. Yeah. songs that you picked are really just all fucking bangers. Gelatine! Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. That, that, that was not a banger. <laughs> I drink <Yeah>. guillotine. <laughs> I, I totally agree with Adam. Like, I, I, I didn't, I'd heard it, but I didn't know this one that well. Um, I would say it's the least, my least favourite of the four that you've chosen, but it's still, uh, it still rips. I think it's uh, my. I think, I think it's my least favorite. favorite of the four. I, I assumed this was going to be Lucas's favorite. But it has got some great bass on it. Ad, as an Adam, ex, as an, I'll say, I say ex bassist because let's be honest. Adam, did you as think a, that Lucas was going to be all aboard the cocaine ghost train? <laughs> I was going to bring that up. Does anybody know what the fuck that means? <laughs> no, but I love it. N- no idea. And, and, <laughs> no, absolutely and, no idea. Shall I shout that at my next party, Matt? <laughs> You don't get invited to parties. No, I do. 
<laughs> we don't invite you, Lucas. That's the problem. It's uh, that is such a good line. Uh, all aboard the cocaine goes straight. <laughs> I, I genuinely think he probably penned it down. Went, <laughs> yeah, cool. I'm going to get that tattooed somewhere uh, yeah. on me. This actually, in general, this one seems a little bit more. Um, uh, one, one of one of the the big differences between Mannix and Idols for me is um, Idols will say what they mean. Uh, and they mean what they say. And manics in general are a little bit more poetic. Yeah, they'll mm-hmm. kind of dress up their language so it's a bit more flowery, and the points a little harder to get. This seems much more poetic mm-hmm. than some of their other songs. Yeah, I'm not entirely like, sure what um, this is about. Yeah. Like all aboard well, the cocaine ghost train. Well, and, and it's stuff being like... a... talking about guillotines, invoking like French Revolution, chopping off the head of the bougie bitches. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> like whereas whereas maybe one of the other songs would just be like chop the head off those cunts. <laughs> it's, a bit, it's a bit less on the nose. <laughs> yeah. My jaded visions of a jaded city broken as well is uh, like just a really beautiful poetic line. Um, I think that this might be the one. This and Mother, I think, are the ones that Manix fans will maybe get on with the most. Okay. That's my prediction. I'm happy to be proved right or wrong. How do you guys from over in, in the scum corner? Uh, I'm not going to refer to you as that. Again. Sorry about that. It's all right. Um, we call this scum corner. We're in the scum corner. How do you uh, give us your take on this song? Um, well, the first time I heard this song, this got me the most pumped. I, I I am um, a big fan of the Brutalism album. Uh, I'm I'm much more on the punk edge of like music right. spectrum, and um, I Dream Guillotine uh, is like it's it was right on the nose of what I was looking for. I do love poetic lyrics, and I do love kind of having to decipher what you're listening to, and then on top of that, uh, tell that to the front lines, the bread lines. Uh, the factory lines and then tell that to the bread lines uh, and the watery lines. Like I love that it's implying that you are having to fo- like basically, uh, yeah, explain it to us if you think that you can survive without us um, mm. because yeah, otherwise yeah. I dream guillotine. Like, so that was, and I go to a lot of protests. I'm a part of a lot of like lefty organizations, if you will. So it, uh, awesome. It's one of those pump you up before you go marching out on the streets kind of nice. thing. I think it's, it's a good pump you up before you uh, before you behead the aristocracy. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> it's coming. It is coming. It's just around the corner. I think. Let's good, hope an yeah. aristocracy beheading is a good behead. We're due a real good beheading. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When definitely. when we were watching, it was so funny when um, when the protests were kind of at their fever pitch. Um, over here. I mean, they're still going on, but when police were getting super violent with the protesters and stuff, um, there are a bunch at the um, White House, and one of them, like, got a riot cop shield and set it on fire, and everyone started chanting, give the police they shield back, so they just, like, tossed it at them. And the entire time, I'm just thinking, if they get into the fucking White House... I'm going to start blaring I Dream Guillotine on repeat. Yeah. <laughs> Just waiting for yeah. them to drag Dorito Mussolini out of there. 
<laughs> I was going to say, was that was that the protest where the orange man hid in a basement? Yes, that yes, was it is. what the day before. He did, yeah. guys. Guys, he didn't hide no. in the bunker. He went down there to check that it was still there in case he <laughs> yeah. did need it. I got not it. down a big slope though, because that's too and scary. And the inspection took about twenty four hours. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think? I, I honestly think that he he was like, okay. Where is the underground presidential bullet train? I just saw the documentary, Triple <laughs> X State of the Union, Ice Cube <laughs> chased Willem Dafoe from an underground train station under the White House. Where's my ex-fill? <laughs> <laughs> That's another just spot yeah. on impression. Yeah, You're just gonna another give, spot you, on impression. You need to replace Alec Baldwin on uh, <laughs> Or someone does, anyway. I mean, <laughs> that, that guy is looking more and more tired every time he has he to do lo- that He impression. looks like a melting candle that can act. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our version of that story is less sexy, which is our Prime Minister went and hid in a freezer. Or was it a fridge? <laughs> oh, Either way, fridge. not quite as cool that. as your underground bunker. It just went and hid in a fridge. Pathetic, isn't <laughs> it? Like the little toad that he is. <laughs> Obviously, Steve, you are a civil servant, so yeah. I don't know if you want to um, sum up the uh, o- opposite feelings of the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah, Steve. Uh, <laughs> Donald Trump and uh, Boris Johnson. Steve, Steve has a government employee has to remain that. balanced there. So, uh, Steve? Uh, racism bad. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm happy no to say that. No happy one's going to gonna be writing stance. in about yep. that one. Yep. <laughs> we have an accord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Imagine your boss has actually got in touch with you and was like, "You were supposed to remain. You're supposed to remain neutral, Steve." And yeah. you I, I publicly made there. a say. You'd be like, "I think I quit." Yeah. Uh, yeah. Likewise, if that lost us any listeners, fucking great. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, oh, we man. posted we posted some stuff about Black Lives Matter, and uh, you know, just like signposting some stuff for education and stuff, and really is like the least that we were able to do. But um, that lost us followers. Isn't that mad? Yeah, just wow. signposting stuff. People were like, "Well, I don't fucking go on to Twitter for this." I know Manchester Preachers are a socialist left-wing band, but this is too far. This yeah. is too far. <laughs> that's, and I think I speak for all of us when I say, "Good riddance." Yeah, yes. yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> like fuck yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Bigots kick um, rocks. That was really fun going through the idol songs. That was great, and I hope that our listeners enjoyed it. And I hope that I know that we've got some idols fans in our listeners already. And I hope that it turned on some of our um, our fans onto idols because that that is kind of the mission. This is like a cultural exchange, I suppose. Mm, nice. um, my main thing that I think ties um, Mannix and Idols together is that uh, they are both bands that are completely earnest and like full of integrity from top to bottom and they completely mean everything that they say um so yeah it's been it's been really good to go through uh those with you um how the fuck do i wrap this one up so first of all i wanted to say i loved this <laughs> yeah <laughs> we, we should let you guys do some plugging right sure yeah twitter handles and stuff yeah uh you can follow us on twitter uh, at scum underscore M. That's at scum uh, on on Twitter. Um, and then uh, we have an Instagram. 
Uh, hold on. We we normally do this. For... <laughs> <laughs> we, you have it all written down. That's fine. I will also post all of this on our Twitter out. and Facebook and everything. <laughs> we our, have to our, write down our there plugs. There it is. Perfect. <laughs> okay, so yeah, uh, you can go to Instagram at I'm underscore scum underscore idols cast uh, and check out our Instagram and all of our meme image and stuff like that. And uh, we've got a, a red bubble too. Uh, if anyone for whatever reason wants to buy a t shirt, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You're one step any... ahead of us. We haven't got that. Do we? Do, they, do you have any tea towels? I could do with an idol's tea yeah. towel. We could <laughs> probably make sure that that happens. Yep, the... that sounds great. Perfect. <laughs> red bubble um, is fantastic. I'll put all of those. I'll put all of those links on, on our Twitter and everything as well. And what our listeners want to do now is head on over to your podcast feed because we are going to be over there doing the opposite of this episode. Um, so or whatever you choose to do with us. Yeah, I mean, we're, yeah, we're guests. You can do whatever you like. Um, well, with, you know, I have some hard limits. Okay, right. Uh, you got a safe word. <laughs> Oklahoma. I do. Yeah. I do. Mine's more please, Daddy. <laughs> That's going to get really confusing. That's fine. That's fine. That's why you were saying it. Yeah. Uh, if you're joining us from over on the Idols feed, we massively apologise. Um, <laughs> you can check us out on uh, uh, at Manix Podcast on Twitter, at Manix Podcast on Instagram, and you can email us manixpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, thank you ever so much for listening, everybody who did. Uh, we live in urban hell and we destroy rock and roll. Bye. Sean Moore. <laughs> Excelsior! Let's seize the day!